Welcome back to episode 90 of Throwing Hands. That feels good to say. 10 more till 100. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How about you? Just chilling, man. Ready to excited to preview some fights here. Uh, Moikana versus Fazia have got moved to the prelims, but we're still going to uh, preview it anyway because why not? Uh, so, oh, what the hell? Oh, there it is. Okay, so Moikano. He's pretty good, 14, 14 and three, seven subs. Uh, black belts in Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu sets up his takedowns with the striking. He's very slick with the submissions, and he's quite quick. Uh, he's coming off a 40-second submission win against – the name's not coming to me right now, but back when the, the last event before this whole corona stuff hit. What's your thought on Moicano? Yeah, Renato Moicano, pretty – I don't want to say typical, but a, a very well-versed uh, Brazilian-style fighter – Black belt in Muay Thai, black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So he, he's got a pretty stereotypical background, but it's one that he uses well, and it's one that has proven to work in the UFC. He's an experienced guy. He's 31 years old. He's fought 14 times as a pro – or 18 times as a pro. Excuse me. He's won 14 of them. He's had a draw, and uh, he, he broke a two-fight losing streak. The fight that you were thinking about was uh, uh, Demir Hodzovic back in, uh, back in March. and It was his lightweight debut, and he won it with a uh, rear naked choke in the first round. So – Things end quickly, um, pretty much no matter what's happening when Renato Moicano is out there, whether it's him losing or it's him winning, it usually ends pretty fast. Uh, he's lost three times, and two of them have been in the first minute of a round. Against Chan Sung Jung, it was within a minute of the first round. Against Jose Aldo, it was within a minute of the second round. So things are going to come pretty hot and heavy, I would think, off the jump when anytime Renato Moicano is in the octagon. Definitely. When we talk about Fiziev, um he's – He's a uh, part of the Kyrgyzstani police force. Uh, he he deals with a lot of stuff. He's very well versed: sambo, Muay Thai, boxing, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, blue belt, and he's violent. He's that he's quite violent. I think that's a great way to great way to describe him. What's your thoughts on Fiziev? Uh, yeah, Fiziev, like, like you said, violent, heavy hands, goes right after people. Uh, you know, his last fight was against Mark Dankise, and those are two guys that are literally just going out there trying to kill each other. And it was an extremely entertaining fight. It was fight of the night uh, back at Figueredo Benavidez 2 in July. So uh, I think Rafael Fazayev is a very entertaining fighter. He's a very fun fighter to watch, and he's very talented. So you're going to come into this with two guys that are pretty notable for going into the octagon and making things happen and making them happen fast. I'm really excited for this. I am too. And what are your keys for these guys? It's going to be a classic mix of styles because Moicano's never won by knockout. He's won seven by submission, seven by decision. And I think if he can get this fight to the ground early, particularly against Fazayev, he's going to be in really good shape if he can you know, get on top of him early. Uh, Fazayev's not a bad ground fighter in his own right. He's a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like you said. Uh, but 
I think that's where Moicano is going to have the the advantage coming into this fight. But if Fazayev can turn this into just a little bit more of a brawl, that's really what his style has been, particularly in his three fights in the UFC. I think he's going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I think I think if Moicano um, uh, makes the fight boring, I think that's his best chance to win it. And you know, work his submissions. But Fazayev, if he makes it uh, exciting and quick, I think I think that's what's going to happen. And speaking of uh, what's going to happen, predictions. I'm taking Fazayev by knockout. What do you have to say? I'm with you on that one. I think Fazayev is on his way up in this division, and he's going to make some things happen real soon. All right. That's, well, we're not going to re- preview this one, but I just want to say this thing. Cub Swanson coming back after a year. Uh, and Daniel Pineda trying to find his place again in the UFC. So this is a fight to look out for. But to the main card, Junior Dos Santos for Ciro Gane. Ciro Gane, uh, relatively new to the sport of mixed martial arts, but he has a great Muay Thai background. And, you know, Junior Dos Santos coming off a knockoff loss against uh, uh, Rosenstreich. But I think Junior, JDS says he still has a lot in the tank and he thinks he can still compete for a title. What's your thoughts on this matchup? This is really interesting because this is the first chance for Cyril Gane to really get a shot against somebody to establish himself. It's his first pay-per-view fight. He's always been seen uh, to an extent as one of the – one of the real under-the-radar up-and-comers in this heavyweight division. It's always seemed like it's been a matter of when, not a matter of if he gets to, you know, into the top 10 of this division at some point. He's now ranked at number 14. He hasn't fought since December. It'll be almost a year since he beat Tanner Bozer in what was just his sixth professional fight. He's a former training partner of uh, of uh, Francis Ngannou. That's really how he got into everything with mixed martial arts. But it only took him three fights uh, to land in the UFC, and that's because he was so dominant on the on the, the regional circuit. And now he's coming to the UFC and been extremely dominant. Uh, he has two submission wins with an arm triangle choke and a heel hook, so he's very versatile in that right. And then his last fight against Tanner Bozer uh, was a decision win where he just outstruck one of the highest volume strikers in the UFC. I'm a big fan of Cyril Gane, and he's going to get a real shot against Junior Dos Santos, who obviously is an ex-UFC heavyweight champion and one of the best heavyweight fighters we've ever seen you summed that up perfectly so i'm we're gonna head over to, to keys i think for gane i think he's just gonna i think pressure is gonna be his best friend uh with his muay thai background i think i think he can get junior santos up against the fence and just kind of go to town there but hey if he has to go to the ground he can do it but jds he's he needs to use his experience and just think about everything that he's done and i think that'll that'll carry i think experience will carry him what do you have to say about the keys yeah that's that's the that for me as well uh, gane is going to have the athletic advantage here he's six foot five 265 pounds and he's one of the quicker guys in this division again dos santos is a former champion but he's 36 years old if if gane like you said keeps up the pressure throughout this fight he's gonna have a great chance to win it all righty predictions who you got this is a tough one because Dos Santos was one of my first favorites in the UFC, and now Gane is this up-and-comer that I love. I think Cyril Gane is potentially the future of this division in the next couple of years, and I think he's going to establish himself here uh, with a uh, – uh, I don't know. I think he wins by decision against JDS. For me, see, Cyril Gane, he's a phenomenal fighter. I think he'll get to title contention at some point. But I think Junior Dos Santos, his experience is just – there's just so much there. 
and he's fought the best of the best for over a decade. So I'm I'm taking JDS by decision. But hey, either way, all right. To the fight I'm looking most forward to: Kevin Holland versus uh, Jacare Souza. We know Kevin Holland. He's we love him here on Throwing Hands. And Jacare Souza, we haven't previewed any of his fights, but he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu legend. He's a legend in his own right. Uh, he's never really gotten his uh, name into the title picture too much, but hey. This, I think this is Kevin Holland's biggest challenge, especially on the ground. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, this is, this is the fight we're going to see Kevin Holland tested the most because to this point, he's not been forced to take a fight to the ground, really, uh, at least in this run he's made in 2020. Uh, whereas Jacare Souza, that's what he wants to do. Like you said, he's a fourth-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a black belt in judo. All he wants to do is take this fight to the ground, and he's looking to get back on track. Whereas, you know, Holland's a guy on his way up. Uh, the it's been three out of four have been losses for Jacare Souza, and yeah, they were split decision losses to Kelvin Gaslam and Jan Blahovitz, and then a submission, a unanimous decision loss to Jack Manson. But still, he's a legend of the game, and he's still kind of figuring things out now as he, excuse me, as he gets later into his career. Uh, this is interesting for him because he's been moving between divisions. He he fought light heavyweight against Jan Blahovitz, and he's stepping back down here to fight Kevin Holland in the middleweight division. So Souza is f- trying to find where he still fits in the UFC right now, whereas Kevin Holland is a guy that has kind of kicked the door down in 2020 is trying to establish himself as potentially a big, big factor moving forward at middleweight. Perfectly summed up. All right, to Keys, I think Kevin Holland has to use his striking in this, keep it on his feet, choose his shots, slow down the fight. And for Souza, it's clearly take it to the ground. I don't think there's really any other option for him in this fight because I think Kevin Holland could piece him apart on the feet. What are your thoughts? I can't agree with anything you had to say. All right, predictions, who you got? I'm going to take Kevin Holland. I know it might seem biased because we love him so much on this show, but I legitimately think he is going to vault to the top of this well, of this middleweight division in 2021, and it's just because he's such a talented striker. And people forget he's got a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu too. Yeah, I'm going to take Kevin Holland by knockout in this one. I mean, Sosa's a legend, but we, I love Kevin Holland, so that's why I'm choosing him. All right. To the next matchup of the night, to one Brazilian jiu-jitsu legend to the next, Mackenzie Duran versus going up against uh, Birna uh, Jandaroba. Solid matchup for Mackenzie Duran here. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. You know, we, know, we all know Mackenzie Duran, uh, one of, probably the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner in the women's uh, division, arguably, in my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I think this is a really good opportunity for Mackenzie Duran to keep her – her impressive streak going. She's she lost Amanda Hebus uh, in 2019, but since then she's been dominant in her last two fights. You know, we talked a bunch about that Hannah Cyphers fight, where Hannah Cyphers basically gave her the leg for that knee bar, but still, it was a submission win in the first round. It was a performance of the night. She came back in September and finished Ronda Marcos with an arm bar in the first round. Another performance of the night bonus. Mackenzie Dern, if fights go to the ground, she's going to win and she's going to win quickly. And this is another opportunity for her to prove that a three-fight winning streak for her uh, could could honestly mix some things up as far as contendership goes in that division. Definitely. And when we talk about uh, Jean Deroba, she's no bum when it comes to jiu-jitsu either. 13 submission wins out of her 16 wins. She's th- This is going to be a great grappling matchup. I'm, I'm very excited to see how this goes. So 
keys, I don't think there's really much because their styles are so similar. So we're going to head on to predictions. I mean, if you have keys, what do you have? I don't really. It's just going to be who gets their opponent to the ground first and maintains control once they're there. All right, predictions. I, I'm going to take Mackenzie Dern by uh, decision because I think this she's just going to make, maintain top control. And I feel that uh, Jandaroba's jiu-jitsu background will, will keep her afloat but won't get her to the win. What do you have to say? Mackenzie Dern, sub. Ooh, all righty. All right, to yet another jiu-jitsu legend, Charles Oliveira versus Tony Ferguson. We all know about Tony Ferguson. There's not much to talk about legend in his own right. Charles Oliveira, the most submissions in UFC history. Seven straight wins, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he's he's been killing it lately. He's on fire. Not too many notable names, but, hey, he's finishing guys, and he's finishing them off one after the other. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, this is Tony Ferguson looking to bounce back after he waited so, so long for Habib Nurmagomedov for that title shot, and then he blew it by losing to Justin Gaethje. And Justin Gaethje has had one of the one of the most impressive rises in the last year and a half of anybody I've seen in the UFC. Uh, but this is Tony's chance to get back on track, and I think he's probably going to be able to here because him and Charles Oliveira are such an interesting mix of styles because Oliveira, like you said, Brazilian jiu-jitsu legend, but he's still got eight knockout wins. And Tony's so well-versed with his wrestling, and then he's got a ton of power in his hands, as we already know, that wiry strength that he brings in, and he just beats people up. So this is Tony Ferguson looking to get back on track, and Charles Oliveira looking to prove that he is still somebody that can be considered a title contender because uh, up until 2017, he'd been kind of hit or miss in the UFC. Uh, he moved around weight divisions. He was at lightweight. Uh, it, it's, and he was at featherweight. It's just been, been back and forth for him. But since 2018, he hasn't lost. In, and he's still only seventh in this division. And like you said, he's not beat the best of the best, but he's not been given the best of the best. So if Charles Oliveira comes out here and beats Tony Ferguson, then he establishes himself as one of the best lightweights in the world. And if Tony Ferguson gets back on track and wins, uh, then he vaults himself right into that conversation once Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight at the beginning of next year. You put it perfectly. I'm not. I'm not going to add anything. Uh, keys. I think. I think Tony Ferguson should stand it up. Clearly, I think Charles Oliveira's uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is just way too advanced. But I, if he goes to the ground, I'm not going to count Tony Ferguson out because he's 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 the boogeyman. He's El Kukui. But when we talk about um. Uh, I mean, sorry, I just got text. Kind of threw me off. But Tony Ferguson. I can't. I can't uh, count anything against him. What, what What are your thoughts on Keys? You're You're exactly right because Tony Ferguson can do everything, and Charles Oliveira, while he is ground based, uh, can get it done on the feet too. So this is going to be a very evenly matched fight. I think I would agree. It's in Tony's best interest to keep it on the feet, and it's in Oliveira's best interest to probably take it to the ground. Uh, but both of these guys are going to be able to hold up, however this fight goes. All right, uh, predictions. Who do you have? I'm taking Tony Ferguson. I think he's going to finish this one off. I, I don't. I don't want to say he knocks him out. I'm going to say Tony Ferguson decision win, and I think it's going to be an emphatic one for him. Um, see, it's tough for me because he can do it anywhere, just like Oliveira can. He can sub you. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you got the sub, but I'm taking Tony Ferguson by decision. I don't think Charles Oliveira is going to be looking too pretty when he comes out of it. All right. 
to the main event of the evening, the flyweight title fight, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. We talked about these guys three weeks ago, and yet here we're back again talking about it in a title, the quickest turnaround for any title fight, if I'm not mistaken. Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Figueredo, I think he has a lock on this division. He's violent. He can sub you. He can knock you out cold. Moreno, he, hey, he's he's a solid contender. He can sub you, and he can also knock you out. He's these guys are both fantastic fighters. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I like Brandon Moreno a lot, but like I said the last time we talked about Davison Figueredo, which was in that fight against Alex Perez two weeks ago, I think this is the first stages of an absolute reign of terror in the flyweight division, and I think it's going to continue for Davison Figueredo here. I don't necessarily think he's going to be as dominant in this fight as he was against Perez or he was against uh, Joseph Benavidez even, but I think he is going to beat Brandon Moreno up. And I think he's going to continue to prove that pound for pound, he is one of the best fighters in the world. I'm not, dis- I'm not, I don't disagree with anything you said there. To keys, I think Brandon Moreno just has to slow this down and figure right off. Uh, he, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> what do you have to say? Yeah, Moreno can't get blitzed early. The longer this fight goes, the better a chance he's going to have. And and really, that's all he can hope for at this point. <laughs> all right, predictions. I I'm taking Figueredo by knockout. I I don't I don't think Moreno stands a chance against this guy. I don't think anybody in this division does. What do you have to say? Figueredo KO early. <laughs> all right, you and I both agreed on a lot of things there, and if we disagreed on that, I don't know. How would we do the show again? But anyway. I don't know if we could keep doing the show if uh, if that didn't go that way. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Everybody weighed in. I I think everybody made weight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah. Uh, So do you have any news? Uh, Nothing jumps to mind immediately. Obviously, everything in the world of MMA has kind of been centered around uh, this fight coming up. uh, These these fights, I should say, coming up at 256. So uh, nothing – Nothing huge, but uh, it's something interesting. The, the Bare Knuckle FC president uh, has said he felt a sense of vindication after studies showed that Bare Knuckle fights have lower concussion rates than MMA or boxing, which, dude, get over yourself. He, he's a terrible person. I don't know if he's like – he like says – I won't call him a terrible person, but he does not have a good media sense. I forget, I forget what he said. It was – uh, about fighter pay. He's like, if you don't go out there, we'll and fight your heart out. We'll take some of your pay. I'm like, you can't do that, yeah, man. You're, you're- I remember that. Oh, also, uh, Clay Collard said, uh, called Jake Paul a joke and said he'd love to smash his face. I would be all for that. He just yes. piece him apart. That'd be hilarious to watch. Um, I-, I texted you this Wednesday. Uh, Matt Wyman released following UFC slam knockout, and then he retired. So. I can't blame him. <laughs> he got wrecked. How much but... you can do there? What'd you say? There's not much you can do there. <laughs> not much. And uh, oh, Cub Swanson. One more thing. Uh, Cub Swanson says he wants uh, what is it? Long term insurance. I saw that too. Yeah, like I can't believe That's, they don't I already mean, do that. That would that would be good. It's kind of ridiculous that they don't. Yeah. Let's be honest. All right. You got anything else? I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm fired up for for these fights because this is gonna be. This is gonna be great. Oh, it it will be great. All right. Well, thanks for coming on again. We all we always have a good time here. And we will, 
and we will see you guys next time.